People always ask how I balance my family life with 400 shows a year. I'm just doing what I love with the people I love. It's my magic life. I like Wes Isley. I like everything about him. All right, guys, I am so excited about today's episode. I've been in talks with this guy. I think it was when I had like 60 inquiries come in all at once and everybody wanted to be on the podcast. We now have 29 list. No, we have 29 different countries listening and tuning in every single week and people want to be on the podcast. But um, this guy did not beg me. I begged him to be on the podcast. I want that known. <laughs> this is a Vegas headliner, an awesome comedy magician. You may have seen him in one of his three full list appearances. Everybody, it's uh, Mike Hammer. What's up, buddy? How are you? How you guys doing? Good, good, good. We're doing, we're doing all right, man. We're uh, going on lack of sleep from shows. Shows are back, so uh, late nights, early mornings. You know how it is. Oh, that's us. <laughs> it's the same thing here. I just, uh, I'm, an, I'm a late night person. It's for some reason, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I can't switch my schedule back around. You know, to not going to bed really late so but you're traveling too so that changes it for you guys right dude we just bought an rv last night we got to the dealership or got to the guy's house the guy that sold it to us at 7 p.m and we pulled out of his parking lot like at midnight 10 30 yeah. 11 o'clock so we got home took us till oh, wow. tw- uh, after 12 to get home yeah and then and then the baby slept we have uh 10 month old twins they slept in the car on the way home which we try to keep them up for that last feeding. So they were up till 3.30 in the morning. So uh, that's other stuff you don't have to worry about. Yeah. uh, (laughs) If we we start getting loopy, just uh, let us know that we're not making sense and uh, we'll change the subject for you, Mike. Because we're on... (laughs) Okay, great. My wife wife sleeps in her Fitbit and she said she had two hours last night. So we're a little loopy. But man, (laughs) I'm so excited to have you on here. Thank you for doing this. Where Where are you from originally? Chicago. Chicago, all right. So, so um, I, I lived there half my life, and then the other half I, I uh, lived uh, well, in Vegas for the most part. I, I did live in uh, California for about four years. So when you were in so, California, were you a part of the Castle Crew? or? Um, no, I actually, it's funny, I, I moved out there originally to do uh, acting, you know, like everyone else does. <laughs> so I went out there, I did get, you know, my SAG card and, 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 and whatnot, and I did a few parts, but small stuff but uh i wound up as soon as i moved there of course i wind up getting a whole bunch of work on the road so i moved to california from chicago and then i wind up traveling back you know east to just do a bunch of uh, gigs at colleges for the most part so uh yeah that's how it is you know once you go to la everybody in chicago wants to hire you now it's mike from la we're gonna get him for our college gig (laughs) Right? I think it's more that way for Vegas, actually, but yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why. Like, I didn't get, you know, I, I ended up doing uh, touring colleges for about eight, nine years. So, uh, uh, you know, that was, that was different. So, where you were in um, in Chicago, did you go to Magic Clubs? Did you hang out with Chesa Day and Terry Evanswood and that whole crew? Yeah, they were great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's funny because when I look back, I'm like, those were some really fun times because I didn't really end up joining any clubs out here like now, per, you know, per se. I mean, I joined, but it's mostly, you know, everything's online now. You know, then you used to go actually go out and meet with people and talk to them. And, um, 
And then you'd, you'd go watch different magic shows at, uh, there was Magic Incorporated. Okay, a yeah. magic shop in Chicago there, and they'd have different lectures all the time. Yeah, it was really fun. Wow. Uh, saw a bunch of people back then, so uh, it was fun. So when you... I'm a kid, too, so it was exciting, you know. I'm still a kid. Well, you act like a kid. <laughs> so, um, you know him. <laughs> he knows me well. So uh, when you were doing the college thing, was that NACA or were you independently booking? Uh, it went, well, I, I joined NACA um, as soon as I found out about the college thing. We, I joined NACA and it was kind of interesting because I, I grew up doing, although everyone knows, uh, knows me for performing at my stage show, I started with close-up magic. So I rented a booth at the convention and I started doing close-up magic and doing really well. People, you know, the kids would like, uh, you know, students, I guess, <laughs> they would surround the booth and watch the close-up magic, and it it was, uh, you know, I did really well with that, and that's how I booked the stage show, by doing that, you know, like, oh, you know, come here, and, you know, and whatever, you would do card tricks or whatnot, so, uh, yeah, it was really, uh, it was fun, it was, it actually became a big advantage for me, they actually, they ended up changing the rules later, though, <laughs> so, because the, other agents, other booths were complaining because we would get so many people. I, I went there with a buddy of mine. We drove, uh, you know, to the to the conferences and, and the, to, to wherever they were held, and uh, we just get a ton of people surrounding the booths. And other agents would get really upset. Dude, so I, they end up changing the rules. They're like, "Oh, we can't really have you doing booth demos like that." I had a I had a similar story. We were doing the county fair for the Virginia State Fair Association, and. Pepsi was my sponsor, so they had a, a energy drink, and they asked me to work their booth. I mean, I was an employee of them. They asked me to work their booth, but they said, I don't care. If you want to pitch you know, to get hired at county fairs, we don't care. We just want to hand out free Pepsi and free energy drinks. Get them over here. So I had a, I had a circle of people around me, and I got in trouble, and they were like, you didn't pay for a booth space. He's advertising out of your booth, and he's like, he works for us. We told him to do it. We're not selling anything. We're giving away free product. So it was right. a it was a whole big thing. Yeah, they don't like it when you draw too much attention to the booth. That's funny. No, the other right, the booth likes us likes it, but the other people did right. <laughs> yeah, it's so, so funny. What ended up happening was I wound up getting uh, an agent out of it because there's one of the, the top agents on the college circuit at the time. It was uh, Joey Edmonds. They they they, you know, they they had comedians all over the country that were being booked. He approached us. And said, you know, hey, you guys want an agent? <laughs> and I keep saying, you guys, it was just me and a buddy of mine, you know, that, hey, actually, you know, hey, let's go do colleges. So he, he wound up being the driver for the most part, you know. Did he, he didn't so, do magic? Your friend didn't do magic? No, he was not magic. No, we just basically, we just decided, uh, we, we rented, uh, you know, an apartment together just uh, at, at one point. Um, you know, during, was it, I don't even remember, it was between jobs, obviously. And so uh, I said, let's go do this thing. And we looked up the information. He would book me, um, you know, acting as a manager, basically. We would just call any college up. Oh, yeah, Mike's in town. And, <laughs> just, you know, <laughs> we have a special deal for you because he's in the neighborhood, you know. And he's through, and he then, basically just stick a pin in a map. And right. Call, you know? And, but, uh, so we get this agent, though, and he hired us just so we wouldn't be competition, you know? Wow. And so we're like, sure, but we want to book our own shows, too. He, he ends up signing us, but he never booked us for anything for like a while, like a whole couple months would go by and we're like, you're not booking us for anything. He just wanted to stop us from working against him, you know? And so 
uh, we're like, come on, toss us something. And then he started getting us some jobs here and there. And uh, that's how the college circuit kind of took off for me. So it was, uh, you know, it was hard, though. It was a different uh, different market. But uh, I think I I was kind of a little bit, uh, I'm very sarcastic, my whole, you know, approach to, you know, performance. And so, uh, you know, I used to be called the Don Rickles of magic, you know. Right, right. So, for the young people, you know, that's, you know, Don Rickles is very aggressive to, towards the crowd, making fun of them. And so that was me. But on the college circuit, like one show, I would kill it. Just everyone would love it. But another show, they hated me just because there's, you know, they were sensitive and, you know, I was a little harsh for them. So Well, you got there, you got there right on the cusp of everything becoming PC as well. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, we were before... Piece a little before it was becoming PC. Right. Now it's really PC. Yes. Now I, I, I mean, I wouldn't even do it now. Well, I probably could do it now because I know how it is and I, I could tone it down, of course, because I've worked, you know, we've had groups that are show that have bought the room out, you know, we'll get to that, I guess. But I, I've had a bunch of people that have bought my show out and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, you know, they're for, you know, they're Mormons, so keep it kind of, and I'm like, no problem at all. As long as right. I know, yeah. you know, as long as you know ahead of time what you're dealing with, but I would just walk in there and just, hey, I'm going to take over here. You know? <laughs> so, and you'd think you college know, kids, you could let your hair down a little bit. You would think. No. Right. You know, you can't. And the reason is, it's not the uh, quote unquote cool college kids that are going to your show. You know, they're all party. <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> You're getting the people that can't drink yet. You know, well, I guess they're not supposed to be drinking yet in college, day. anyway. But they're not the ones that the, they're not the ones going to the frat parties. They're the ones, you know. Uh, they're the good kids. <laughs> What's that? I said they're the good kids. They're the good kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so easily offended. It's so funny. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah, the party guys, the party fun going guys, don't sign up to be on committees to hire entertainment. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Even the committee people aren't the ones. They're not the ones in the audience sometimes. You know, it's just it's just it's so difficult. Well, and we used to do. Well, one time there was this one show, and uh, the the. I always ask the person, you know, whoever was in charge on the committee, how many people do you normally get here, you know, so I could be prepared for the show. And he goes, oh, once we had it, we had a whole bunch of people. Once we had like 25 people. I'm like, what? And so it's a college out in Wisconsin, outdoors. And oh. I'm like, what do you mean 25 people? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, we, that's pretty good for us. And I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, but it's a big field outside. I'm like, they're, you know, so I went and. I'm like, well, I got to get more people than that. You know, I don't want to sit over 20. No, 25, I could do 25 people. But the problem is that was the most they had. So I'm thinking, what am I going to get, 10? Right. You know? right. And I do so much audience participation. I'm like, how am I going to do this, you know, this show? So uh, it, I wound up going into the classrooms. I would just barge in the classrooms and say, hey, I'm doing it. We're shooting a show tonight for HBO. <laughs> I told them, you know. <laughs> Everybody HBO showed up. Special. And I walk in and, um, and I said, I'm going to do this big show. And so basically I lied, obviously, you know. But so I, I go back up. By the time it was showtime, they had literally 200 people come out uh, there. I mean, nice. it was crazy. Because what happened was the teacher 
I would do my close-up magic again, and I go to the teacher, and the, I would tell the teacher, and the teacher's like, oh, yeah, he goes, you guys, class, you, want, you guys want to do this? And they're like, yes, you know. So they would have their whole classes come out there, so they had 200 people. Unfortunately, <laughs> the students loved me, but I was a little bit risque for the, I don't know if that's the right word, but for the teachers in charge. They were a little bit, uh, you know, very... Uh, I will say proper, and I'm sitting there doing all this kind of dirty humor, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I don't normally, it's just, it's college, so I'm like, oh, you know, let them have it. But what happened <laughs> was, it was during the summer, so it was like their summer program. So some of the students were really young, because they would have students from the high school come there as well. So they thought it was inappropriate for them. And, oh, wow. Yeah, you know, students, of course, are loving it, right, you know, so. Yeah, like 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 seniors in high school. Yeah. Like seniors in high school, it was too it was too much for them. Like they don't talk like they that. Well, they thought it was too much. Right, right, right. right, right. You know, so you know, it was one of those things. They're like, <laughs> I said to the guy that, that that drove me to the college that was working with me at the time. I said, um, I, 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 he's like waving it, like wrap it up, wrap it up, you know. And I'm just, not, you know, he goes, great show. Pack your stuff up. We're never coming here again. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> kicking us out. Oh, oh my gosh. goodness. So, uh, well, at least he said great chauffeur. Different on purpose. It was for, it was more for lack of, um, just lack of identifying the market is all it was. It wasn't even really, you know, cause I had done private parties and, you know, forever growing up. I mean, I knew how to behave. It's just, you're like, Oh, colleges. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, and then they start laughing at something that's uh, a little risque. So you go a little bit more and then a little bit more and now they're yeah. going crazy. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and some of it too was because I had this picking on the audience type of approach where I would really pick on the crowd. Uh, it was a lot of times it was great if you pick on a guy. Like you get have the whole crowd laughing. It would be a, a guy you're picking on. Then all of a sudden you bring a girl up there and you say the wrong thing to a girl, you know? And the place would just turn on you. Yep. And it was just, you know. It, it, <laughs> and I think what the crazy thing for me is just I kept doing it again and again, you know, just till I, you know, find the right school. You know, it takes a while to get your, uh, kind of your character down, I'll say, you yeah. know, or your style. Right. And so, you know, uh, it takes years. Sometimes people don't realize that, you know? Yeah. So you did the, you did the, uh, college market. How long did that last? Um, it was about eight to 10 years. I actually did it and then. Stopped wow. doing it for a little while, and then I went back to it for a couple of years, and, um, and then I just didn't, you know, didn't do it again. I think that's when it became really PC. When, when guys like Seinfeld were saying he can't even do colleges anymore, I'm like, yeah. Seinfeld, really? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a that's a big thing. People people just take you know blow it out and don't don't think of it. But Seinfeld is pretty clean, and when Seinfeld says it's too PC for him, that's yeah, that's that's like that's Disney bad. saying. Yeah, Disney's saying it's too PC for Disney. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, and I was like, how can he not do it? But, you know, I guess it's, it is what it is. I don't, I don't know. Dark toast and light toast is too racial humor. It's too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you left there to go acting or you left there to quit doing that to go um, to um, Vegas straight? I'm just trying to get know, the I timeline. Well, I wound up doing uh, a... Teen comedy magic show for about 
almost 10 years. Uh, I, I had met a guy on the road. We were doing um, magic in bars for, um, well, it was interesting. So back in the day, I don't know if you recall when cigarette companies couldn't advertise anymore. Yeah. But, so we, we get a call from a, uh, the marketing team for Marlboro, of all places. They're like, well, we can't market our cigarettes anymore in bars. So we want to send, you know, we want to know if you'd like to go out and perform in bars doing, um, you know, magic in, in these bars and, you know, representing Marlboro, but we couldn't use any other stuff. We couldn't use cigarettes or anything. We're like, this doesn't, this is a weird program, you know? And I don't, I'm not a smoker, so I'm not really into any of that, but, but they offered like really good money, you know? I'm like, oh, okay. So they, they would set up these like special little events in bars. It was kind of, you know, it's kind of an odd thing. Just I didn't even really understand the program, to be honest with you. Well, like, hold on. I'm trying to understand. So I have a degree in marketing. They they want you to go in and do a Marlboro show without using cigarettes. Yeah, you couldn't mention cigarettes or anything like that. What they would have is certain bars they would call Marlboro bars, where they have the bar napkins. We say Marlboro things like that. You know in the bar where they would stock their, you know, this is when they first weren't allowed to do the cigarette thing anymore. I was thinking know, cigarette through quarter, you know, and floating cigarette and all this different stuff. I'm, I'm thinking of what I would do for this gig, but now they don't want you using cigarettes. We, we couldn't do cigarettes, right? That's so crazy. So, what's that? It's just crazy. It's just, I, I'm, I'm trying to understand the, the marketing behind this. Yeah, it was like, and I would there to promote cigarettes. They're like, well, you don't do, can't use cigarettes, but whatever. So I met this other magician through that, because he was hired through this program as well. So, so were some other guys, you know, other guys that, uh, you know, are uh, still performing, you know, now. So I don't know. We I wound up presenting to him a team show idea. Hey, we should do a comedy team. Just we got along great. That was all it was, you know. And so we put together a team show called Spike and Hammer. And uh, it, it was funny because... We're, we didn't know what we were doing. I mean, we're, I, I, I pretty much, uh, you know, I was the stage magician. He was mostly a close-up magician, but, you know, I taught him the other half of what we needed. Really, we were taking my show and turning it into a two-person show, you know? We didn't know what we were doing, though. We just would go out there and, you know, we did get hired, though. We got hired for a bunch of, you know, the team thing was, uh, the only time we had seen it prior to that was, well, Penn and Teller were doing team shows, you know? But, uh, you know, before that, it was like vaudeville days or, you know, maybe Burns and Allen and whatnot. But so we did the Dean, Dean Martin, you know, and, and uh, Martin and uh, Lewis. Yeah, Martin Lewis. So we started all that old school stuff. And, you know, we did this TV show Then we ended up meeting the Smothers Brothers, which <laughs> was wow. crazy. And then they, they gave us some, you know, some tips and information. And then. We got hired to do this, of all places, this is a, the weirdest thing. We get hired to do magic in this strip club in Las Vegas. And we're like, okay, <laughs> we're just taking anything we can get. We get hired for this strip club in Las Vegas. And, and one of our friends ends up bringing Teller, who we met for the first time from Penn and Teller. Wow. Teller, which was so That's weird. That's awesome. Him in strip club, you know? So... <laughs> <laughs> like, he just all smiles. Like, yeah, he's, like, he's like, you guys 
her interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up becoming friends with uh, him, you know, right away. And, um, uh, you know, and just so crazy. So we did that for about almost 10 years. So who is, who is Spike? Um, it was a guy, uh, he's still around, he does close painting, Rob Weinstock. Okay. He performs regularly at the castle, but, you know, he's he's got a, a we'll call it a real job, you know, so right. he's got a real job in sales, um, but uh, we did that for a while. Um, and then we had, a, we, we, we did well, except it was, you know, uh, there were different things going on where, you know, he started having kids and he couldn't travel as much. And it was just one of those, you know, weird things. And I'm like, okay. So then I ended up, you know, kind of going off on my own, doing my own thing. But, uh, sounds like Spike broke up the band is what it sounds like to me. <laughs> he broke up the band. I, I got another Spike temporarily, but, um, eventually I just wound up working by myself. You know, it's just... Um, which is fine because as a team show, I was the straight man and the other guy was the funny man. And, you know, it's like, this is, you know, I, it, it's weird not to be my full self, you know, yeah. doing all the setups. Like it's, you know, I did it, I did it for the, the band, but you know, they needed the bass player, you know, so no, but I did all the, the straight stuff and he was the funny guy, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm more of that guy in real, you know, in my show now. So it's, uh, you know, not the straight men in there. So, um, you know, it, it was just, it, it was really fun. I enjoy doing it, but I, I definitely like doing my show by myself now. So, so you ended up in, you ended up in your own headlining show in Las Vegas. Uh, what's, what's yes. the name of the hotel? Where are you, where are you located? It's the Four Queens Hotel, Four Queens Hotel and Casino, downtown Fremont Street. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, when I first started, though, uh, you couldn't, you know, Fremont Street wasn't what it is now, you know, where everyone would be going down there, you know, regular, maybe super late they'd go, but it wasn't as built up. So when I first started, I mean, I had struggles getting people into the showroom. It was really difficult because I would go outside on Fremont Street and um, perform uh, street magic to try and persuade people to come in. Sometimes I'd try and give away free tickets just to fill the room, you know. I fill the room. This is where I would be happy to get twelve people. You know. Oh my! So, yeah. What what yeah. does your what does your theater hold? Um, we hold about two hundred people. Okay, that's good size. So yeah, I mean it's decent. It, it's still you know it's not one of these five hundred to a thousand seat theaters that they've got, but um, but it, it's nice. And but when we started, I, I, it was so such a struggle because the problem was with street magic is. If you don't do a good job, nobody's going to come and see your show. But if you do a great job, they're not going to come and see your show because they've seen it. You know, they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, we've seen you. Now we're going to go do something else. So, you know, you had to find that right uh, balance between too much, uh, you know, too much magic and, and uh, or, uh, too much entertainment and not enough. And, uh, you know, I found a new respect for street magic at that point. I mean, these guys that do street magic, it's hard, you know, it's, it's a whole different approach, um, you know, because you've got to get people to uh, come up to you, but, you know, it, it's just, it's a tricky thing, you know, and you can't start with your best thing, 
but you have to start with enough because you want to build the crowd you know you, people start coming when they see people surrounding someone but you, so you can't you know your best right up front you know it, it was just difficult but, so you were actually um, on Fremont Street doing street magic to try to get take yeah. people into your show you weren't even your pitch was come see my show exactly uh, you're the yeah. only person I've ever heard ever doing that yeah well, he said this yeah, was back was when hard. Fremont yeah. Street was not Fremont Street. No, but I know. Day. But I mean, that's that's getting them in the yeah, door, man. That's yeah. like old. That's old Carney. Really that know? reminds me of New Jersey and the Carnival Barkers, man. Just trying to get them in. You know, two dollar ticket. Come on in. Come on in. Yeah, that's, that's the way to do what it. it is. But that's what it is. But but, but if you sit there and say, "Hey, uh, I, I got a show here," and they don't know who you are, you know? Right. Right. Uh, you know, magic show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> See, uh, you know, they were people weren't, um, you know, it's they're walking up and down Fremont Street just to see what it's all about. You know, what's down there? There's like, you know, so they're really they're going back and forth getting drinks at the different bars up and down the street. So they don't they're not looking to go into somewhere that they don't even know what they're going in for. You know, I have to get them into the building. So yeah, it was really uh, it was hard, and then. I started to get, um, you know, uh, I think that's when, I can't remember exactly when things like TripAdvisor came out and whatnot. It was smaller then. It wasn't what it was, you know, like what you see things like Yelp and TripAdvisor now. But, you know, it was small, but it was online and you could get your name out there a little bit. So I started to get some good reviews. And all of a sudden, you know, people started hearing about me, word of mouth, and, you know, it, it did start picking up. But it took a couple of years before I started making any money. It was hard. I was still doing corporate work just to pay the bills, even though I'm doing a show in Vegas. So, yeah, yeah it was tough. Wow. So how long have you been there now? I've been there over 11 years. That's fantastic, man. That There I'm you go. Kidding. Counting the year and a half off that we for this pandemic. Don't mention that. Just eleven and a half years. It sounded good. Why well, you got no, down here? I should say not. I should say not counting. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah, don't yeah, count that year. Any, yeah, yeah. That that year you were lucky if you had anybody in there. One person walking by. Um, yeah, exactly. Right. So with with that going on, you've been there for eleven years. Yes. What What else do you guys? What else do you do to try to promote stuff? I mean, do you? You said you sold block tickets for the past month and a half. You've had, it seems like a month and a half. I don't know how long it's been. Every night on Facebook, it's either a workout photo or, hey, dude, we're sold out. Don't ask me for tickets. I don't have any. We are sold out. That's fantastic. So this is is the funny thing. Yes, we've been selling out since we got back. We've been back for, it'll be going on five weeks now. Um, You know, but we, yeah, we've been selling out. The reason I keep posting on Facebook sold out, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'll spend my whole morning slash afternoon telling people I don't have any tickets. If I, I try to just cut them off and post it. So I tell them, I'm really not trying to brag. <laughs> I'm trying to stop myself from people, you know, you don't want to turn someone's text or, you know, they get upset. But I can't be spending all afternoon. I, sorry, I don't have anything. Well, do you have anything later or can you sneak this in? I just really can't. And it's not that I don't want to, you know, it's nothing like that. It's just we're selling tickets now. And I'm trying to make up for, you know, all the time we were off of work. So is right, this yeah. is this um, like friends wanting free tickets? Is that what that's about? Uh, some of it, but that you know, it's funny because 
because you've been on Facebook for a while and I interact with people, you know, there's a lot of people that they feel they know you know you, you know? And so, like, they don't know me well enough that I would help them move, you know? Right, so, right. Not that I would help anyone move, <laughs> But so they reach out and, look, I'm very, very appreciative. I really am that people would want to come out. But sometimes what they'll do is they'll, they'll send you a text. They don't, they don't ask for free tickets, but they imply it. They're like, oh, do you, do you know where we can get, you know, where can I buy tickets for your show? And if you have anything discounted or, you know, they, they, they start stringing you along. But I just didn't even have time to answer these, these, you know, these messages. A lot of people would privately message me on Facebook, but, you know, on Messenger or something. And, and, and I don't really know them, know them. They're not, like, not calling my cell phone, but I'm still not trying to be rude to them. You know right. what I mean? I don't – because you – you know, they, you know, these are people they've been following me for a while. So I, I just honestly, we don't still have tickets, you know. Um, and I think I even put on there, I'm like, you know, I'm not trying to be rude, but <laughs> I, said, I, I might be begging for your service, you know, your business tomorrow. You never know, you know. So, um, but. Uh, but that's good. It is selling know. out, though. I mean, you're you are selling out. So yeah, brag, man. Brag, yeah, brag, brag. Like a, We'll get a couple days where you know it won't. It, it'll be you know full house, but not quite sold out. Sold out. But we literally like when I post that, we just don't even have anything left space wise. And also, we've actually um, because of the pandemic, so we don't want necessarily people on top of each other on top of each other. So we've actually. It, I'm actually being more thoughtful than not. Than not, they don't realize that though, because I sound like it when I post it. Don't bother coming. You know, I try and be a little sarcastic, funny. But we've, you know, we've probably, you know, knocked out about 20 tickets that we're not selling just so that we can open up a little more space. You know, because with the pandemic, we don't want people necessarily sitting on top of each other. So right. um, we're trying to do that to be you know, kind to the audience, but I, I try to stay away from posting any of that online. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how people. so get. what else, what else do you guys have? I mean, you have a lot of audience participation. I mean, the guy that comes up on stage, I mean, does he have to wear a mask the whole time? How does that work? No, we're able to, no, we're able to do uh, the show fairly normal as far as now goes. But the reason why I, some shows did open up right away and I didn't, because we still had like uh, there was a twenty foot rule, yeah, and where you couldn't be within twenty feet of the stage, which is like that's you know that's, that's an orchestra pit. Audience. Orchestra yeah. pits kill magic. It it sucks the fun out of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you've done those shows where they yep. have the dance floor in front of you and they don't put the seats there. You know, it's just, it's just you know. What are you gonna do? You know, I it's you know it's just a horror. The audience feels like they're watching TV and they don't interact with you like you're right there. Once you once you back them up twenty feet, I don't know what it is psychological, but it always happens. Yeah, it's just and it's it's not fun. They don't want to engage at that at right. that pace, you know. Yep, yep. And actually, one of the things I remember, I was rewriting my show a bit. I'm like, oh, let me. You know, rewrite this so I don't really have to inter, you know, act close with the audience. Things, are, and that's timing-wise why I reached out to you and asked you about your the the bit you did on Penn and Teller, you know, with the coin. Yeah, man, I and love it. I'm like, oh, we could do that, you know. I'm like, maybe that'll work, you know. 
But other than things like that, where you can engage the group as a whole, it's very difficult to rewrite your whole show when you're so used to audience participation. You know, now all of a sudden, um, you know. So in my head, I rewrote this entire show, you know, entirely with no audience participation. I mean, not from, uh, you know, on stage. And I rewrote the whole show and I'm all, you know, and then one day it just hits you. You're like, there's no way this is going to come off, you know, not, not untested. You know, it is. You, you get a new routine, you usually have to squeeze that between two other things, you know, that work already. Right. So if that routine bombs, at least you got something strong before and after it. But, you know, admit this, I'm writing all new stuff. I'm like, this could just be a disaster. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm waiting. I'm not going back yet, so. Well, I know you weren't the only one. I know Matt King was literally trembling in his shoes because yeah. all of his stuff is on his anticipation. He's like, I'm not doing it until I can do my show again. He didn't want to write uh, anything. I, know. I talked to Matt during that period, and uh, yeah, he said the same thing. Yeah, yeah, and it was. He goes, I'm just going to wait. Now we said we're going to wait, but we didn't know it was going to be a year and a half. You know, right. we think it. <laughs> oh. A week, <laughs> you know, a month, you know, whatever it would be. We're not thinking. I mean, this was insane. So yeah. Yeah, no one, and it's still going on, man. I mean, we had we had two sure. shows, we had two shows canceled this week because of the Delta vi- vi- variant. Yeah, variant. Variant. Yeah. And then two saying, oh, um, oh, and yeah. then two saying because the vaccine is at this level and people are getting their vaccines and things are looking great, we'd like to hire you. So yeah. sure. nobody yeah. knows what the heck is going on. Yeah. That's, you know, four phone calls in two days and two different stories. Yeah. So that's just crazy. So, and, and now you said you, you did this morning. What did you book this morning? What was that? It was like a back to school show for a private school. Oh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. Like, so welcome, welcome back to school. What they can do, huh? Yeah. Well, I had to have a mask on the whole time. And um, everybody in the school had to wear a mask and teachers all had masks and... It's hard, man. I have bits in my show. I have bits in my show that's like two minutes of dialogue, three minutes of dialogue straight, just setting up a joke or setting up uh, the next bit. And I mean, you start talking, 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 and it just it gets in my head, I think. But I mean, it just starts sucking through the mask, heats up, and it just it it makes you not be able to breathe. I think people don't realize when you're just sitting still talking, it's one thing, but you're moving and talking, right. you know. And I'm trying to amplify. Talk, it does take up your energy. I mean, you know, I was going to the gym when we were doing that, and, you know, and it's difficult, you know. And people don't really realize, but when you're off, especially when you're off for a period of time, and you go back, you know, you, not to the gym, <laughs> to doing shows, it, 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 it is a both a mental and physical type, you know, type of, uh, you know, muscle you have to build up again. It's, you know, it, it does, you know, you do get the wind knock out of you. And especially talking the way we do. Right. We're always moving and talking or we could be standing still maybe to do something, but there's always some kind of, uh, um, you know, you're hearing yourself sounding different, you know. But even though I have a mic, I amplify. And Natalie's got the microphone right now turned towards her. It's away from me. Because even if I'm wearing a lapel mic, I, I've, I've worked so long without microphones, I guess. I don't know. I always try to 
enunciate and talk to the back of the room whether I have a mic on sure, or not. Sure, that's what I grew up doing. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just yeah, with that mask on, you and then this thing happened, and this thing happened, and this thing, and then and yeah, it's just it's hard, man. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, those masks are awful. Uh, it's 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 the worst way to do a magic show, and they can't see your reactions in your face. They can't see. Yeah, that was the biggest problem with with my my biggest concern. And then if you go into clear mask, that thing fogs up. That wasn't an option out here. Yeah. We didn't do the clear mask here in Virginia. I never saw one, but. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be crazy. That would be funny. That could be a funny bit though. Break your fingers in there just to get eye holes. Yeah. Oh, just yeah. You know, everything is so, and you adapt because you know what? We just love to perform. Right. You know, and 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 you know, you have to. You do reach that point where, well, I've got to get back and do the show now. What's the thing now? That's way different when this first started. This whole is now everybody's used to seeing people wearing a mask. So you, it's not like a surprise where when it first happened, it's like this is going to be really weird. Like I don't want to be wearing a mask during my show, or they, or they're the audience. We're not going to see them laugh. But now we've kind of become accustomed to it, so it became sort of an easier. You know, it, I can't explain it other than. It was really weird at first, you know? Um, but do you and, think... I mean, our show closed pretty quickly during... Right when this thing got bad out here, you know, last... It was March of whatever, 2020. So we didn't really have to do it with the masks. But I remember people were starting to get... Well, people are getting sick. And I, I, I stopped doing the meet and greet after the show because I'm like, okay, I don't really... No one knew what was going on, you know? Right, so, yeah. So I was filming. I was filming the first I heard of COVID or anything. Uh, I don't watch the news, so the first I heard of it, I was I was on Penn and Teller March fourth, and the producers and the backstage crew were all from California, and right. um, they wouldn't shake my hand, but they would do elbows, and I'm like, I don't mind fist bumps. I'm very cool with fist bumps. That's fine. Sure. But an elbow sure. greeting? What the heck are you doing? And then we filmed our thing on Fool Us, and we got on the airplane to come home, and I got a message, or I saw it on Facebook, that all buffets closed on my flight out of... So we were right there, right when it hit. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I filmed it, too. It was the same time. In fact, uh, they had called me to, to come on. I did the roast of Matt King. I was going to get to that. For that. Yeah. That? I was going to get to that next. I wanted to talk about that. But, oh, go right ahead. <laughs> But go ahead. So you you filmed the so, same time. So they, they, I, I did a roast of Matt King, and then the, the producers they said, "Hey, do you want to come on and do your thing?" Yeah, I literally went on there with five days' notice, you know. And because what happened was, because um, I did the prior couple, few couple of years, whatever. And so you know, but they tried to put new people on for the most part, you know. And so they, but they saw me doing the roast. They're like, "Hey, do you want to come back again?" Because they also had some travel issues. Remember, that's when the travel was kind of getting a little weird. Yeah. You know, they were canceling certain flights and whatnot. So um, they asked me to come on. I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. But uh, so that's when, when I sold it, and then everything shut down after that. You know, we were shut down with our show not more than, you know, a, a week later, I think it was. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I knew of you. I'd, I'd heard of you. 
But I think the Matt King roast put you on the map. I think it was articles in Genie Magazine. Um, everybody was just saying that you were the highlight of that thing, man. What did you do that night? So I got called to do the roast, and uh, they called me up. They said, you want to MC this thing? And I'm like, and normally I'm like, hey, you know, it takes time to write that stuff out, you know? And I'm like, I'm like but it's Matt. Right. So I'm like, yeah, of course, you know? <laughs> like, who's doing it, you know? And it was fr- so I get I get called to do the roast, and um, now this was for Magic Live, correct? This was for no, this was for the uh, Society of American Magicians. Okay, yeah, yeah, their their yeah. their big convention that took place in in Vegas. The, the, yeah. Okay. So, um, so uh, so what happened was, uh, I basically uh, we. Well, here's what's funny. So Chris Kenner's on the thing, Nick DeFott, uh, Michael Carbonaro. It was a really good fielding West. So they had amazing Jonathan. So, but they asked us to keep, they told me, that, oh, we got to keep it clean because there's pro- going to be some kids here that are part of the, you know, this organization. So, you know, you know, we got to watch our language and whatever, so on and so forth. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, that's fine. But then Chris Kenner comes up to me before the show, I think with Nick. And he goes, we're going to really let him have it tonight, right? And I'm like, yeah, they told us about the language and this and that. And Chris is like, you know, and, and they're like, oh, don't worry about it. Let's just go all out. Well, I'm thinking, yeah, but <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> but I'm the guy that opens up the show, the roast, you know? So I'm like, it's up to me. I can make this thing go really bad. You know what I mean? If they turn on me, you know? Right, right. It's going to get bad right off the bat. So anyway, so... And they weren't really that harsh. They weren't that harsh at all, you know. So they're, you know, and, and Penn's there, and, you know, and so I, uh, it was pretty funny, actually. I, uh, it was really fun, and I, I did go a lot. I didn't really worry about the language so much. It wasn't really so much that, but I was picking on, um, so Steve Bergazzi was there, you know. Right. And he's such a nice guy, but, you know, I didn't know him before that. All I knew is he had this program, you know, I hate kids, you know, that kind of thing, right? So I'm just thinking, oh, okay, I'm going to rip on him. He'll be easy because, you know, so I told him, I found out that he had, and I told the audience and I said, hey, I want to take a, a, a moment for a second just to be a little bit serious, but a lot of people don't know this about uh, Steve. I said when he was a kid, you know, he got uh, bit, you know, by a dog. And which is true, you know, he got bit by a dog and he had to have his whole, you know, he got his whole face redone. And I said he couldn't, you know, had to relearn to speak and everything like that. And I said, so to get, come out here, you know, be an entertainer for a living is pretty nice. Can we, should we give him a round of applause? So we all give him a, a nice round of applause. I go, you know, and I go, my only question is, and then some of the people that know me are starting to laugh already. I go, my only question is, you had your whole face redone. Why would you choose that face? Always <laughs> <laughs> laughing. I actually felt bad later because he's the nicest guy. Oh. You know, he's so nice. But he was laughing and he just, you know. But I got him. I said, Jonathan was there, Amazing Jonathan. And I said, I said, boy, I didn't even write anything for Amazing Jonathan. I, I, I go, I didn't think he'd be here. The only thing I have is his eulogy, you know? So, oh. Wow. You know, so I'm picking up Jonathan, then, you know, then uh, Fielding West. Oh, and I, I, I got Penn. I said, 
you know, it was just Penn. Teller wasn't there. And I said, I said, wow, Penn, it's so strange to see you here without your little buddy, Donald Trump. You know? <laughs> 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 so I got that in there. Dude, this is great. So, Keep know, them coming. Was, Keep them coming. It, it felt like, what's that? I said, Keep them coming. I'm loving this. <laughs> yeah, so I had all that. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. And then I had, uh, then we had, um, it was so funny. I had, uh, so then it was with Mac. And I think, now, Mac is a hard one to roast because, you know, everything he does is so great, you know. Um, I, I forget what we said exactly for Mac. Um, so funny that you, know, you forget now. You know, you forget where you're. Because <laughs> I also improvised a bunch of stuff, too, while I was there. So we, what did I say about Mac? It was so, um, it was so funny. I said something like, uh, oh, I introduced, so, you know, you know, do you know who Lupe is? Of course, Norm Nielsen's yes, wife. Yes. Yes. You know yeah, Lupe? woodworker. Well, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. Yeah, but everyone knew who Lupe was. Lupe was in a, so I, I introduced. She wanted to say something, you know, so from the audience. So I would bring her up, and I go, "Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Norm Nielsen's son." You know, and I would introduce. Oh <laughs> man. And, yeah. But, <laughs> she knows me too, though. But it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was really fun. I think I said, you know, see, but that's my style. Like, my whole personality performance is sort of like a roast. You know, I'd be sitting there, you know, we have some really talent, you know, you know, we have some real talent here in Vegas. Unfortunately, they declined to be here tonight. You know, so <laughs> this is what we've got. Um, you know, so it's things like that. Um, uh, you know, and I would say things like Fielding was there. You know, Fielding, some people are going to say some horrible things about you tonight. And unfortunately, it's true. (laughs) Dude, is there Um, video footage of this? You know what? Someone had something. I think the reason... I think what happened was... I don't have any. I think one person, like, recorded it. Because most of us that were working entertainers didn't really want it out there. Because, you know... I got you, um, I got you. You know, for whatever reason. Because I guess because we have shows and you know uh, you know we didn't want it out, but um, it, it was it was really fun. That's my thing, though. My whole style is a, a roast. I mean, I pick on you know I have some people in the audience that are older, and you know I I tell them, hey, lady, you know, uh, folks, we're gonna move things along quickly. This audience doesn't have the time nor the lifespan to you know to slow this show down. You know. Wow. I have a lot of, that's my whole style though, you know, I, it's just kind of who I am. Um, so it was, uh, yeah, it was one of those weird, you know, uh, things. I think I, you know, I felt like the roast, I felt very at home, you know, to me that, that style of me, and being an MC is actually the fun part for me because I, I, I get the opportunity that after someone goes up there, I can rebut what they said. Right. Where other people don't have that luxury, you know, depending on how the lineup is. Because I'm before I introduce them, and I and and afterward, I I, I, I do the follow up as well. So, um, dude, that's awesome. You know. I'm telling you. So not only did I see it on the magazine, how great it was. But, like, everybody was commenting that it was the highlight of that convention. It was just so awesome. And everybody was saying, you, you, you. I didn't hear anybody saying Penn killed that night. Although he may have, I have no idea. But everybody was saying, you killed that Penn night. Did, yeah, Penn did it. No, I, 
I did really well. Penn did so, sort of like, um, you know, Penn is very, he's so smart. He's so cerebral. And sometimes I, it, it, it took a while to figure out what Penn was doing. He was doing an old bit. But it took me a second to realize what he was doing. It was very funny. But <laughs> it took me a second to realize, oh, he's doing a bit here, you know. Wow. So, um, you know, he's so cerebral, you know. I mean, yeah. look at, you know, it, it's Penn. Um, I think I did things with Penn. I said, you know, what can you say about Penn Gillette that he hasn't already said about himself? You know, that kind of thing. Um, so it was... Uh, well, that line about Trump and being his little buddy, he, in case my listeners don't know, he hates Trump. He, he, yeah, well, he... <laughs> it was because he was on The Apprentice with him. Right. <laughs> so he got to know him in, like, a different way. And um, so... Um, and it was funny because Penn went on The Apprentice. You know, he does... They do a lot for charity, Penn and Teller, you know? And that's what he was on there, to raise money for charity and awareness. And, you know, it was really, uh, you know... He's actually a great guy. I, now, I, did you first meet them when you performed there, or did you meet them prior to that? The, the so, like, like, I would say we're friends now, which is a weird thing to say. You, like, you and I are friends. I mean, I could yeah. call you up and talk to you. Yeah. But, I mean... They called me the other day, and Penn uh, Teller Teller said um, gave us his address and his home phone number and his cell phone number, and I've had FaceTime calls with Penn. So I mean, we're we're friends, you know, and they're doing my yeah. trick in their show, and we're friends, and yeah. I, I love the guys. But I mean, I'd met them before, but they had no idea who I was prior to me doing Fool Us. I'd met them at a meet and greet after a show and oh, several, sure, sure. couple shows, but they had no idea who I was. Right. Yeah. They're, they're, they're actually, um, uh, they're great. They've done so many great things for ma- the magic community that uh, I'm very thankful of. That show that they do is amazing, you know? It's such a smart thing they put together, you know, the whole for us. It was just, you know, uh, I think every magician is so thankful that, that that's around, you know? It's just fantastic, I think. You know? Well, it's, it's done right, and they... Every magician that gets on there has been vetted to be on that show. So, um, right. you know, when they go on there, they lather everybody in praise because they've been vetted. They've already weaned out the magicians that eh, wasn't so good or needs to keep practicing. That's already been weaned you know, out. They do, they do a fantastic job. Now, Johnny Thompson was started, you know, who passed, of course. Johnny was, uh, um, he. He mentored me in a lot of ways, actually. I was very, very close with him. Wow, never and, got to meet him, man. It's a regret. Yeah. Uh, he, was, he was amazing. But he had made sure he didn't want to reveal the magic. So that's how they had to come up with that way of doing the code, you know? Right, and, yeah. And uh, brilliant. I mean, it is funny, though. The audience, people do, people online have gotten very smart. Right, You know, they, yeah. They, they do some of these people. They do decipher stuff. It's pretty amazing, you know. But I've also uh, had laymen come up to me and say, you know, what what does it mean a turtle method for a coin trick? I can't <laughs> I can't tell you this stuff. But I mean, they're they're searching it. They're it's it's in their head and they can't figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we got about we got about ten minutes left. Let's let's. Oh, your wife. She keeps talking. That's the problem. <laughs> She's dozing off over I here. I know it. It's no, a... you're awesome, man. I'm having a blast. I can't hey. believe 50 minutes has flown by this quick. I'm just letting the two magicians have at it, you know. So um. That could be the, t- that could be the title of this uh, this episode. 
Like what? Hammer, my wife was dozing off. <laughs> he lies. He lies. So uh, he lies. Trip Trip Advisor. That's that's really helped you out tremendously for your show. You're selling out nightly now. Yeah, there's 20 seats removed, but still, you're you're selling out <laughs> nightly. You're you're doing great. Um, what else can we do to get people to your show? What what else can we do? I can't juggle or do a magic trick right now. What can they expect? What if they don't want to be picked on? How about that? What if you got somebody that says, I don't want to be picked on? Where can they sit? <laughs> you know, people ask that uh, to, the, to the guy that seats them. He, they, they say, hey, can you put us where we won't get picked on? And he's like, oh, he'll find you. Uh, <laughs> no one's off limits, but I, I do, if, I do, look, if, if honestly, you know, as entertainers, we don't want someone that's going to be a bad helper. You know, we don't want that. So, you can tell pretty quickly. Honestly, if they seem scared, we just ignore them, you know? Yeah. And so, if you pick yeah, the wrong person to pick on, you can tell pretty quickly that they're taking it the wrong way. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, you just avoid it. So, it's not, you know... And sometimes you turn someone into something good. And I, 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 I... You know, I'll just... I don't have too much trouble with it. I mean, every so often you get someone that's just terrible, but... You know, you just make it quicker, and you still try to make them look the best you can. You know, so um, so they have fun. Just some people just don't have that personality, or they clam up. You know. <laughs> so. Well, I tell you what. Since we won Penn and Teller, and the the virus happened, we're supposed to go back and headline their show or close their show, whatever they say, whatever they they say. I get five minutes in their show. Um, I was gonna go to see your show, but. Um, I'm gonna buy tickets in advance because I'm not gonna ask you for any free ones because you mentioned ten oh, minutes. Yes, you you are. Just <laughs> <laughs> but let me know it before a day, the day of. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. No, dude, we're gonna we're gonna go see you. We're gonna we're gonna go see all of my friends out there, man. It's it's been so awesome. Hey, you, you won't get picked on because I don't I don't pick on the entertainers. <laughs> you know what? And that's weird. We don't know how to be normal. You know that. I know. We I don't know. we don't know to play along. We don't know how to be normal. When I go to a magic convention, right? Because I would take it totally different than his character, and I overthink it. Um, yeah. When somebody gets me on stage for a card to cross routine, I don't know if I'm supposed to be serious or smile. I, I overthink it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you can pick on my wife. Feel free. Thanks, honey. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> MikeHammerShow.com is where people can. Yes, is the website. Can yeah. they buy tickets there also? Yes. All right, and Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all no, that stuff. Me, most of it's under like Mike Hammer Show or Official Hammer, I think. But yeah, um, and I actually have a, a million point four followers on TikTok, but not for magic for doing these silly prank videos. <laughs> so oh, cool! I'm that's a, what I did when we were during you know while our show wasn't active. I would make these prank videos uh, online and, and my TikTok account just took off but they don't really care about my magic though so it's weird wow Aww. wow I'm gonna go check that out though and that's just is that Mike Hammer TikTok that is also official I think it's Mike Hammer yeah, yeah. okay alright I'm gonna go I'm gonna, you got a new subscriber right here man uh, I didn't even get into your uh, working out and being crazy working out after your show and working out till three in the morning and jogging in a hundred degree weather at, at you know at two in the morning and uh, I just 
do it. You know what? I just want to be able to get on stage and fit my pants. You know? Well, so, uh, just be careful. You get too big and too muscular, you'll end up like Carrot Top, and you won't be funny anymore. No. <laughs> I'm only kidding. That's what all comedians yeah, say about Carrot Top. I'm only kidding. No, and he's really funny. He's got a great show. You, but do you remember back in the day who wasn't? Remember Joe Piscopo? Absolutely. Yes, yes. And he wasn't funny when he got big. He yep. was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, dude, thank you so much for everything. Thank you for doing oh, this. No, very fun. Stay on the line, man. MikeHammerShow.com. Down at Fremont Street, guys. The Four Queens, correct? Yes, you're exactly correct. Yes, Check it out, so guys. Check it out. 11 years running. They don't keep shows in Vegas for 11 years if they aren't good. There's a reason he's still there. No. <laughs> All right, stay on the line, man. I have two uh, plugs real quick, and we'll get out of here. Um, okay, thanks, you guys. Uh-huh. We are so happy to announce our new show merch is now available at WesIsley.com. That's logo T-shirts, my podcast TV T-shirts, Magic Man hats, stickers, playing cards, and more. Go to WesIsley.com to check that out. And season two of Wes Isley's Magic Life is over, but you can still binge all of season one and two on Jewel TV. Jewel TV is on Roku, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, the Jewel TV app, and tons of other places. It's in over 100 million households. All you have to do is look for it. See you you next week. week. Today's episode of the podcast is sponsored by Express Copy and Graphics. Mention promo code Wes Isley to get 10% off. Their website is expresscopy.com. That's X-P-R-E-S-S-C-O-P-Y.com. They do it all. Copies, banners, signs, vehicle wraps, promo items, practically anything you need printed, they can do it for you. These guys are great. Check them out. Check us out online at wesisley.com and patreon.com forward slash Wes underscore Isley for behind-the-scenes videos, blooper videos, never-before-seen footage, discounts on merchandise, magic trick tutorials, and more. That's Wes Isley spelled W-E-S-I-S-E-L-I.